Wearing gloves filled with fire ants. Running across the backs of a herd of cattle. Jumping from a 100-foot tower with nothing but a vine tied around your ankle. What do these terrifying feats have in common? Well, they are all ceremonial rites of passage for different cultures around the world. Why in the world would any boy want to participate in these death-defying stunts? Well, to prove he is a man, of course. Rites of passage into manhood have been a part of many cultures throughout the centuries. But sadly, our modern Western culture has lost sight of these rites of passage into manhood. As a result, our boys often enter adulthood feeling lost and not really knowing whether they have what it takes to be a man. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting that we make our boys wear the fire ant gloves or anything like that, but I do think we as parents can be more intentional about giving our sons a clearer pathway to manhood. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, a biblical parenting coach, wife, and mom of four boys. This is the podcast for moms who may feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. So what does it mean to be a man? And how do you know when you've made the transition into manhood? We have talked about this topic in the past on the show, and I'll have some links to some of those older episodes in the show notes. But if you want to look them up yourself, you can feel free to go back and listen to episode 20, How Boys Become Men, episode 24, What is a Real Man, episode 30, How to Guide Your Son on His Journey to Manhood, and episode 31, How to Plan Manhood Ceremonies. Today, we're going to take a different approach and just dive a little bit deeper into planning a special ceremony when your son turns 13. If you're listening to this podcast, I am guessing that you are a mom or dad of boys, or you have boys in your life in some capacity, whether that's a Sunday school class or grandchildren or nephews or something like that. We know any of us who have interacted with boys know that boys and girls are different. But you know, our culture is a little bit confused about that right now, isn't it? Our culture wants us to believe that gender is merely a social construct forced upon us by our parents and our society. But the Bible says in Genesis 127, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created boys and girls to be different, not just physically, but socially, mentally, and emotionally. Since God created our boys uniquely in His image, they have a unique ability to reflect certain aspects of the character of God. Boys in general are more active and less social than girls. They communicate with their fists more than their words. They learn by doing And they are drawn to anything that has to do with weapons and battles and danger. Just hand a three-year-old a stick and see what he does with it. 
But because our society is so unclear about the differences between men and women, our boys have no clear pathway to becoming a man in our culture. So as parents, it's our responsibility to train and equip our boys to understand what it means to be a godly man in our society and to give them a pathway to get there. One of the ways that we can do this, one of the ways we can guide our boys into manhood is to plan rites of passage and manhood ceremonies. A rite of passage is a special ceremony or ritual or activity that signifies a boy has passed from childhood into adulthood. In a sense, the child is proving their worthiness to become a man in that society. There are many ancient civilizations and even some current cultures around the world that have rites of passage for children entering adulthood. Did you know that in Brazil, boys are initiated into manhood by wearing gloves filled with fire ants that I mentioned earlier to prove their courage? In Ethiopia, boys have to run across the backs of a herd of cattle in order to prove they are ready to become a man. In the Jewish community, boys celebrate bar mitzvahs to signify their entry into manhood. In the Inuit community, boys around the age of 12 are taken out into the woods with their fathers to learn how to hunt and survive in harsh wilderness conditions. And the Vanuatu people of the South Pacific dive headfirst off a 100-foot pile of sticks with nothing but a vine tied around their ankle to prove their courage and their manhood. Two of my boys and I, my two younger boys and I, are reading through the Wingfeather Saga. And if you have not read those books with your boys yet, you definitely need to check them out. I'll have a link for you in the show notes, but they are excellent, excellent books. And they're written from a Christian point of view, Christian perspective, but they're not super preachy. Um, and they're full of adventure and monsters and fantasy and things like that. But one of the parts that we just read this morning, which I thought was so interesting, and I won't give away any spoilers, but we're at the be very beginning of the fourth book. There's four books in the series. We just started the fourth book. But at the very beginning of the fourth book, Janner, the oldest boy, is turning 13. And they have a surprise birthday party for him. And then they make him eat. Apparently, it's a tradition in their, in their town to eat. He has to eat 13 sticky buns, and he's just full to the brim and it's like this this challenge that he has to do and everybody's watching him and laughing at him because he has to eat all of these sticky buns. So it turns out that the last sticky bun that he eats has some sort of sedative in it that kind of makes him a little bit out of it. And the last thing he hears is someone say, all you have to do is find your way back home. And then next thing he knows, he wakes up in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. And so this is the challenge for him that when he turns 13 to prove that he's becoming a man, he now has to find his way back to the village. So anyway, I just thought that was really fun that we just read that this morning. And I was uh, planning on, on recording this episode about rites of passage and transition into manhood. So Anyway, so if you don't like any of those ideas for your son, I would like to talk to you about how to plan a ceremony for your son that does include some special elements. It does include some challenges, maybe some feats of strength or some feats of courage. 
Um, the idea of celebrating manhood ceremonies was not an idea that I came up with. I got the idea from a book that I read several years ago called Raising a Modern Day Knight by Robert Lewis. And a few of those earlier episodes that I mentioned, we dive a little bit deeper into that book. But I've taken some of the concepts from Robert Lewis's book, and I have customized them for our own family. Rites of passage can occur all throughout childhood, and they will look different for each family. Your family can decide at what age you want to include different activities, but you should plan at least one bigger ceremony around the time when your son turns 13 or enters puberty. This is a really significant milestone in his life, and a special celebration at this transition can really set the stage for his teen years. So I will go over what we do in our family at some of the different stages. And then I I would like to talk a little bit more in depth about what we do for the transition into manhood at age 13, because our oldest son just recently turned 13 and we planned a special manhood ceremony for him. So our becoming a man tradition actually starts back in first grade. And at the beginning of first grade, we are just kind of laying the foundation for biblical manhood and for becoming a godly man. So we give each of our children a Bible at the beginning of first grade. And before this, they've had story Bibles, we've had Bible storybooks, but they've never actually owned a real front to back Genesis to Revelation Bible. So We purchased that for them, and then I took each of the boys out on a special date, and I presented them with a new Bible, and I told them, you know, now that you are in first grade and you're learning how to read on your own, it's important for you to learn how to read the Bible as well. And then we talk about the importance of reading the Bible, um, and we also talk about our family values and how we want to put these values into practice. And these family values are all based on Scripture. So this is something that we work on with our kids when they are, are very young. And then, of course, we continue to review them as the boys get older. So our five family values are be kind— based on Ephesians 4.32, show honor, based on Romans 12.10, obey, based on Colossians 3.20, do your best, based on Colossians 3.23, and be honest, based on Colossians 3.9. So there's a lot of good verses there in Colossians. So we talk about those five family values, and then we work on memorizing those Bible verses that go along with each of our family values. So then our next special event is after our boys graduate from fourth grade. In our school district, the elementary schools go up to fourth grade. So when our kids are leaving elementary school and they're entering into the intermediate school, we have another special event. For this milestone, dad takes each boy on a special date to a ropes course together. So it's just a little bit of a fun thing to do with dad. And there's a physical challenge of kind of pushing pushing their limit just a little bit. And also at this point in time, my husband introduces our code of conduct for the wrestler men. This idea of a code of conduct was originally from the book, Raising a Modern Day Knight, but we have come up with a unique code of conduct for our family. So my husband talks with the boys about the code of conduct for wrestler men, and they talk about what it means to be a strong, courageous man. So here are the 
the five things, we have five things in our code of conduct. So a real man does the right thing. He has integrity and self-control, and he is able to master his emotions. Number two, a real man works hard. He always does his best, and he has a strong work ethic. Number three, a real man shows honor. He treats others with respect and dignity. Number four, a real man loves Jesus. He has unwavering faith and love for the Lord. And then number five, leads his family. A real man leads his family. He loves his wife and children and models Christ's love for them. So obviously that last one is something that they will grow into as they become adults. But we just want to instill that value into their hearts that when they grow up and have a family of their own, if they have a family of their own, that they are responsible for setting a godly example and being a spiritual leader in the family. And then also at this fourth grade event, my husband starts reading a book about biblical sexuality with our boys. There are a lot of resources available, but one of the resources that we like and that we have used is called The Talk by Luke Gilkerson, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes, or you can just look it up on Amazon, and it's Seven Lessons to Introduce Your Child to Biblical Sexuality. There's actually three different books for different age groups, so we start The Talk when our kids are ending fourth grade, going into fifth grade, and then we do another one a little bit later on. So the next milestone is when our sons turn 13, and we've only had one boy go through this milestone so far, but this is the age that we decided to hold a bigger, more official manhood ceremony. In his book, Robert Lewis says, manhood ceremonies tell a son, I notice you. You are important to me. You are important in the kingdom of God. You have an important masculine destiny to fulfill. So that's just kind of the purpose of these special manhood ceremonies. So these ceremonies will look different for each family. But in general, manhood ceremonies should include the following things. A physical challenge, a spiritual challenge, and a mental challenge. It should include new responsibilities and privileges. It should include a celebration with close family and friends. It should include a significant, meaningful gift And then lastly, a time of encouragement or challenge. So I'm just going to go through each of those things and talk about what we did specifically with our son who just turned 13. So for the physical challenge, my husband and I took our son on a two-day trip to go whitewater rafting and bike riding. Now, our son was really excited about this, but he's also not a super athletic kid. So there were definitely parts of the trip that were a challenge for him, but we were able to encourage him to keep going. And we reminded him that he is able to do hard things. Next, the mental challenge. During this weekend trip, we started reading the second book in the series that I mentioned before, the talk series that I mentioned. And the second book is called Changes, Seven Biblical Lessons to Make Sense of Puberty. So 12, going into 13. This was a perfect age to read this book with him. Next was the spiritual challenge, and we started memorizing a scripture passage with our son. It's Ephesians 6, and that's the passage that is all about learning to stand firm against the lies of the enemy and to put on the armor of God. So this theme of being a courageous warrior 
and putting on God's armor and fighting against the enemy was kind of the theme of this whole manhood ceremony. Next, we had a celebration, and this was actually not at the same time as this weekend, the two week, the two day getaway. Um, this was at a, at a later date. So you can kind of spread these things out a little bit. But we had a celebration where we invited all of the grandparents to come over. So it was our immediate family and then the two sets of grandparents. You obviously can decide who you invite. So it could be special aunts or uncles or uh, maybe a, a coach or any anyone who has a significant influence and role in your son's life. So we invited them to come over for our party. And then in addition, in addition to the typical birthday elements of cake and presents, we also had a special slideshow in honor of my son. And that was fun just seeing baby pictures, videos from when he was, was he, when he was little. As part of that celebration, we had a time of challenge and encouragement. So each of the adults at the party were given a template to fill out before coming. They each wrote down something they admired about my son, Elliot. They wrote down a Bible verse that they wanted to challenge him with, and then a short prayer. So during our birthday party, each of the adults had an opportunity to read what they had written to Elliot. And that was just a really special time for him to hear these adults in his life affirming him and affirming his growth as a, as a man and his, his walk with the Lord. Next, we gave a significant gift. And this could be anything from a pocket watch or a pocket knife or a compass or something, something significant, but something also that's, that's cool that they will want to, to keep and remember. So what we decided to do was to give a sword to our son and it's engraved with the words strong and courageous based on Joshua 1, 9, which says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And that has been a, a theme prayer and a theme verse for my boys my prayer is that they will be strong and courageous warriors for the kingdom of God. So a sword seemed very fitting for that occasion, especially since we've been memorizing Ephesians 6, putting on the armor of God and the sword of the spirit. So then, of course, going along with the sword of the spirit theme, the armor of God, we also gave him a new Bible. And he had had a Bible in the past. It was kind of falling apart. It had a lot of wear and tear, taking it to church every Sunday. But this was a student study Bible that had extra elements and extra information where he could dive a little bit deeper into the passages. We specifically chose the New Living Translation version of the Bible. And obviously, you can choose whatever translation you want. But I really love the NLT because it's just written in a language that is so easy for younger people to understand. And I love it myself. It's one of it's one of my favorites. It is a translation. It's not a paraphrase, but it's a thought for thought translation of the Bible. And then we gave, so we gave the new Bible to our son. And then we said to him, you know, now that you are a teenager, we want your relationship with God to become personal to you. We want you to take on the responsibility of reading the Bible for yourself, not just relying on others to teach you. And one of the things that I 
also love about the NLT Bible is that there is an app associated with the Bible. It's called the Filament app. And if you download that app onto your phone, you can scan a page in the Bible and it will bring up information about that page. You can listen to it as an audio Bible and there's links to videos and other information about that passage that you're reading. So that's been really, really cool for my son to use. So we will be planning additional rites of passage as our boys continue to grow older, probably something at the age of 16 or whenever he ends up getting his driver's license, probably at high school graduation, college graduation, first job, and then marriage. So we have not arrived at those milestones yet, and we're kind of planning things as we go. So stay tuned, and I'll let you know what we do for those, for those next milestones in the life of our boys. Now, I want to tell you guys about one other thing that we have started to do, and it goes along with the new responsibility of reading the Bible. So I wanted to find a Bible plan for my son that was chronological, that was only one chapter a day, and that wasn't like just one or two years. I wanted something that would last a little bit longer because I feel like anything, you know, reading through the Bible in one year, even as an adult is pretty overwhelming and it takes a significant amount of time. So I wanted to find a Bible plan for my son, a reading plan that was doable, that wasn't overwhelming for him, that he could skip a couple of days and not feel like he was getting behind. So I did some research. Guess what? Couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that was like a three-year plan or even a five-year plan that was chronological and that wasn't like jumping back and forth from the Old Testament, the New Testament. Anyway, I couldn't find what I looked for. So I created one. I created the five-year Bible plan and it is available for you to download. It is currently free. That may not always be the case. I would love to actually have it printed out for sale at some point in the future, but right now it is a free download. So Let me tell you just a little bit about the five-year Bible plan. And by the way, if you go to fiveyearbibleplan.com, you can download your own copy. So what it is, it's a chronological Bible reading plan designed for teen boys. Girls would be fine too. I have boys in mind because, you know, you're all boy moms and dads and I am a boy mom. And so everything I do is geared toward boys. If you have girls, it works for them too. That's totally fine. But basically what will happen is they will read one chapter of the Bible each day for five days a week, just five days. They can decide which five days they want to read. If they get a little behind or a little bit ahead, then that's fine. At this pace, reading one chapter a day, five days a week, he will read through the entire Bible in about five years. Now, that might seem like a really long time. But if you start when he is entering maybe seventh grade or when he turns 13 around that time time period and works consistently through this Bible reading plan, he will have read through the entire Bible by the time he graduates from high school. And there are many adults that have never read through the entire Bible. And I know when I was growing up, I probably got to college and I was like, well, yeah, I read through the whole Bible, but you know, a book here and a book there. And and it's there's just so much value in reading through the whole Bible chronologically and just getting a big picture of what God is doing 
in, in his word. There's also some spaces for journal entries, but they're super short because, you know, your sons don't want to have to write a whole paragraph. Like, this isn't school, mom. Why are you making me write? Why are you making me do a book report on my Bible reading? That's not the goal of this. The goal is to write one sentence, just one sentence about what they read in that chapter. And it could be something they learned about God. It could be something they were challenged by, something new that they learned, something, maybe a question that they had, anything at all. And I have some suggestions for what to write, but it's just one sentence for that day. And then as they work through, the Bible plan, as they work through the the reading plan, they can look back and they can see, oh, wow, look at all of these things I learned about God. Look at all of these things I learned about God's character as I was reading through this. And it's a really great way to just keep a record of your, of your Bible study. Um, eventually, the plan will contain some additional information, some background information about each of the books of the Bible. And I am currently working on that. That will be coming soon. So when you download the plan, that will not be there yet, but it will be coming and I will uh, send out an email when that is available. Also, right now, as of today, what is today? October 20th, 2023, only the first year is available to download, but the other years will be coming soon. But you can go ahead and get started and it'll take you a whole year until you actually need that second volume, the second reading plan for year two. But they will be coming soon. If you're listening in the future, go to fiveyearbibleplan.com and you might be surprised to find that additional years are currently available. Or you might be surprised to find that the book background information is also available. So I would love for you to go and check that out, fiveyearbibleplan.com. It's ideal for teen boys entering junior high to teach them how to be engaged in the Bible and how to read the Bible on their own and just to get into a regular reading schedule of the Bible. Also, just a few quick reminders. October 23rd, 2023 at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I am hosting a live webinar with Dr. Scott Taransky. There's still time for you to sign up. The webinar is called Navigating the Storm, Heart-Based Parenting Strategies for Managing Anger. And there's a little bit of time for you to sign up. Just go to redeemingthechaos.com and there is a link right there at the top of the page for you to sign up for the webinar. It is free, but you do have to register and there will be a replay link available for a short time, but you also need to register in order to get the replay link. So be sure to head over there and sign up for that. And then lastly, just a reminder for you as well, I know I've been talking about this, that my new devotional book for boys, Rise of the Enemy, will be released on Amazon on November 2nd. So mark your calendars. I would love for you to hop over and purchase a copy. And I will definitely be talking about it a little bit more right around the launch date. But just wanted to remind you that that will be coming up very soon in just a little over a week. Well, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine, and you can find the show notes for today's episode at redeemingthechaos.com or you can go to lauriechristine.com forward slash 78. 